You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast with Sinan Schwarting and Kan Bayazit. Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast. This is episode 66, and I am your host, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City. And uh, today, we have a special episode, as always. Always bringing something new. And so, because, again, time constraints and people in different time zones trying to connect with different schedules, Khan and I couldn't connect, and this time even Evran and I couldn't connect, as it's late night here and the young man has to study and get some sleep and all that. But uh, what we did manage to do was get Khan to speak with Uzjan, Uzjan Ur, who you all recognize as one of our twins from Twin Talk from Scotland, Glasgow specifically. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, Uzjan and Khan are going to be taking care of the analysis portion of this episode. So I will kind of bring us through the match proceedings as quick as I can with stadium sound. Thanks to Emre Hasturk, as always. Uh, he was, again, at the stadium. And so he, he's giving us these live sounds, uh, which, of course, we're thankful for. Keep them coming, Emre. <laughs> Those are fantastic. But uh, yeah, let's let's get into this. So, of course, this week Besiktas had a huge match playing against Basakshi here. Uh, a kind of derby, certainly uh, a match taking place between two Istanbul sides. Uh, it was a home match for Besiktas playing at the Vodafone Arena. Vodafone Park. Um, and yeah, it was a... It was a very intense match two competitive sides going at each other uh, with everything on the line in theory Uh, of course not exactly the case in truth with Bashaku here far ahead Uh, going into the weekend they had an 11 point advantage over Besiktas and seemed to be in kind of cruise control if we're going to be realistic about everything but nonetheless, uh, certainly to cement their position over Gladys today, they would have wanted three points, and they gave it their all. 
right from the get-go. But before I start to even talk about that, I will, of course, talk about the lineup in this match. Loris Karius, uh, disgruntled keeper, uh, but effective, perhaps, nonetheless, uh, was there in the goal with Domagos Vida and Nicolas Isimat Mirin on the back line. Uh, Isimat, or Isimiran, as we like to call him around here, making his uh, re-entry into the squad. Um, interesting choices on the flanks this week. Gokan Gonu played on the right side with Gary Medel on the left. Uh, in the midfield, we had Dorkan Tokuz and Atiba manning the back of the midfield with Adem Ljajic back in the number 10 role that he's probably more comfortable in. Uh, Jenner Erkin played on the left side of the midfield. Another little surprise, perhaps, was Jeremy Lenz on the right. Uh, Quaresma was unavailable. He's got some injury issues, which we actually discussed in the last episode of the podcast. Uh, he was diagnosed with that being a month out. That was already maybe a week, week and a half, perhaps even two weeks for being uh, generous. But yeah, and then of course the, the man up front was Burak Yilmaz, the striker who has been most effective since joining the team. I won't say too much about uh, Basakshir's lineup besides the fact that Mert Gunak uh, was starting in their goal uh, Robinho started for them up front. Emre Belazolu um, in the middle of their midfield, manning their midfield, if you will. And that would be something to note, certainly. And with that said, I'll get into it and cue the stadium sound. <laughs> Thank you yet again, Emre Hasturk, and I will continue to give you shouts out for these because they're fantastic. Okay, so let's get the business, shall we? The business end of this portion of the episode where I start, where I talk about what happened uh, somewhat briefly, but in order to set up the analysis to refresh memories as far as the game goes, or in some cases, perhaps for those who were unfortunate enough maybe not to see the match to give them a sense of what happened. So the match got underway and immediately Besiktas here looked good. Um, Besiktas looked good early on, but like very early on. But uh, Besiktas here seemed to dominate the match most of that first half. Um, Johnny Erkin. I mean, the, the moment of note would be Johnny Erkin getting a yellow card in the 19th minute, uh, and I think Karius making countless big saves one after the other one on a shot by Edin Vizca uh, which he cut in and fired it sort of point blank on a nice little cross into him another save he made on an Atama, Atama header uh, which was perhaps not as difficult and then the final sort of big save in that sequence was one a shot by Elia uh, on a little cross from Edin Vizca uh, which Viz, uh, sorry Elia floated in kind of very accurately over the keeper's head and Karius dove reaching full stretch to save. So Karius kind of capped a nice stretch of keeping Besiktas in the match and keeping Besiktas here uh, at zero goals. Uh, Jeremy Lenz would then uh, smash Emre Belazolu <laughs> in the face uh, by accident, I think. 
Uh, he, they both went up for a header. Uh, Emre was behind him, so I don't think Jeremy Lenz could really see him. Although there was perhaps a little poetic justice for anyone who knows about Emre Belozolu's supposedly racist history. So that the fact that Jeremy Lenz could be the one who would be delivering that decisive elbow to his face. Um, Emre Belozolu would, would look like he was just about dead for a good minute or two. Lied around on the pitch, kind of spun around, and you know, I mean, really, like looked like he'd gone limp, like it was looking dire, and yet somehow he came right back into the match uh, unscathed. But in, in that process, on the ensuing uh, counter, I guess you could say, but on the free kick and the lead into that. Uh, there was a cross out to Edin Visca on the right side, and he put it in perfectly for Robinho, who was charging in. The ball went in behind the defense, um, right under Karius. He might have done a little better, but given all the saving he'd done up to that point, it was it seemed like it'd be inevitable that something would get by eventually. And there it was. Besiktas was down one to nil in the first half. And so, yeah, 35 minutes in, it's not looking good. Besiktas is down against a nemesis that they've often been down against over the last four years with Chanel Gunesh in charge. I was reminded on Twitter that he actually won his first match in charge against Besiktas here and hasn't won since. But so, yeah, you don't want to be down a goal, given that. And yet, just seven minutes later, in the 42nd minute, on a corner kick, Adem Ljajic, who, who'd been looking dangerous from the flanks, you know, up to that point, although Besiktas didn't get much of the ball in the attacking area in the third zone, as it was referred to last week by a guest questioner. Um, but yeah, Adem Ljajic took a corner, Gokan Gonul, got it, got to it, diving in. The shot was on goal, saved well by Merit Kunak, but uh, not well enough in that he put it right into the path of Atiba Hutchinson, who smashed it into the top corner of the net.
Hutchinson, as I like to call the man, equalizing in a huge scenario before they go into the halftime break. That's a huge moment for the club, morale-wise. For those 11 guys out there on the pitch, uh, to, to go into the half knowing that things are back on equal terms, that they've kind of, um, they've, they've bent, but not broke, you could say, um, especially given the comeback by, by scoring. Huge moment for the, for the team. In the third minute of extra time, ending the first half, Burakumaz would earn himself a yellow card, meaning that he's now one yellow card away from a match suspension. So that's something to be paying attention to going into the Galatasaray match. They go into the break at halftime with a one-to-one scoreline, perhaps undeserved if we're, if we're being realistic. Uh, Bashakshi here had a, a sort of masterful first half, and it wasn't looking particularly good. Although, of course, after scoring a goal, momentum was perhaps shifting in Besiktas's favor. Uh, of course, everyone was eager to see if that would pan out long term. Um, and sure enough, right out of the gates, Besiktas looked more lively, certainly more um, soulful. To, to repeat a theme that Khan and I have been bringing up throughout the season. In the 52nd minute of the match, again, coming from the flanks, um, nice play from the middle. I think Dora Khan might have sent it out to Gokan Gunul. Gokan Gunul then crossed it in, uh, you could say accurately. Uh, it was a little bit behind Jermaine Lenz. But Jermaine Lenz did very well to, to connect with it. He flicked it on behind him beautifully on a one-touch into the path of Barakio Maz, who then slotted home with perfection into the top of the net. slammed it into the top of the net. I mean, nothing the keeper could have done. Mertgenach might have had a good match uh, all around if, if we're going to try to fairly assess his play, but the, the two goals scored against him, he could do nothing about. The first goal he saved, and Atiba got on the rebound. The second goal, Burakumaz just really couldn't have put that in better. And there it was. Beshtash then was in the lead, 2-1. to one. A huge moment. They'd fully turned the tide, looked to have dominated, uh, looked to have uh, really taken control of this match and begun to dominate the goal being the fruits of that labor. In the 61st minute, Shinji Kagawa would come into the game for Gary Medel, who uh, would then shift everything around. John Eric coming back. I then lay out onto the wing, and then Shinji Kagawa into the 10 slot.
In the 65th minute, Arda Turan would enter the match for Irfan Kaveci. In the 72nd minute, Dembaba would enter the game for Elia uh, and a return to Besiktas grounds. In the 76th minute, Emre Belazoglu would get himself a yellow card, probably deserved one earlier. Uh, and so it may have been his second if a ref had been paying more attention to some of his antics. But anyway, that's what it was. In the 84th minute, Germain Lenz would come out of the match for Gouven Yalchin. In the 87th minute, Napoleone would come into the match for Robinho, scored earlier, of course. At, at some point, there was a header that Durkan put in, another beautiful uh, corner from Adem Lijic, saved well by Merit. That time he matched it. Um, not a whole lot of action beyond that, very late into the game. So it, it was an oddly comfortable match after the goal. Pestarch looked to be holding the ball well, possessing it intelligently. Um, it was calm. It was not the sort of heart attack inducing type of stuff Pestarch fans would have been used to over the years. But of course, there would be a moment. And sure enough, in extra time, Mossoro would get a shot on goal. Isimat Mirin would dive onto it, deflecting it. It would then deflect off of uh, Vida's chest into the path of Doris Karius, who could have probably deflected it into the goal, if we're honest, because he misjudged it. It was bouncing around like a pinball. Um, it went through his legs, but not dangerously. Luckily, it trickles out of bounds. Uh, the, the ensuing corner kick would be punched out of the zone, and that would be it for the match. Besiktas winning 2-1. Two, two, so, before I talk about the repercussions of that, of course, I'm going to hand the keys over to Khan and Uzjan for analysis. But even still, before I even go there, there's one more aspect of all of this that I have to go over, and that's the stats. Statistically, this match signals an interesting, let's say, uh, theme that I've pointed out before, and I think Khan has echoed. Shots were in Touch's favor, 15 to 13 on target, six to five. Um, not a huge difference. Possession went to Ashakshi here. 54% to Beshtash is 46. Of course, the fact that Beshtash is ahead for some of this match helps. But of course, on the flip side of that, Beshtash is behind for some of this match as well. So, you know, there's something to be said for the possession again. You know, when Beshtash is capable of playing on the counter, when their opposition is talented enough that Beshtash in some ways kind of has to rely on their ability to play on the counter they're oddly more effective uh, hmm, interesting passes completed 398 by Beshtash to actually here's 477 but accuracy went to Beshtash at 78% to their 76 fouls committed Beshtash here at 18 Beshtash committed 16 two yellow cards apiece one offside in this whole match 
uh, committed by Bashak Shahir. So again, Nan by Barak Yilmaz. This aberration continues. Uh, and Bashak had 10 corners to Bashak Shahir's four. And that has a lot to do with Bashak success. That's it for the stats themselves. I'll do my little bit of analysis of the stats before I hand it all over to Khan. Interesting that Besiktas was that effective. They managed to get 10 corners despite having less of the ball overall. Uh, and that had a lot to do with their success. Uh, of course, Lijic had an assist off a corner. Nearly had another one later on with Dorokan. And, and his sort of the kind of practice routine that developed because they were getting so many opportunities to, to, to take those corners definitely contributed to their success ultimately. Uh, and yeah, Adem Lijic looked incredibly sharp all around crossing the ball today, uh, particularly on those corners. So, uh, you know, goes to show you, you can have as much of the ball as you want, but if you're, if you're giving up key positions and corner kicks, you know, spot kicks, free kicks. Uh, that's all it takes sometimes. So an intelligent game by Besiktas. And Chanel Gunesh finally breaks the spell of poor matches against Abdullah Avci. Unlocks the, uh, you know, treasure chest that is defeating Besiktas here. Uh, this year in a season where, where that's... Truly a feat, you know, where they really do perhaps even have more individual talent on the pitch than Besiktas, although that's probably debatable, and I don't even want to go there. But anyway, yeah, Besiktas wins 2-1. to one. The stats reflect, again, Besiktas having success playing on the counter, and uh, perhaps, uh, you know, Burak Yilmaz, right? That man is efficient up front, and sometimes that's all it takes. That and a few... Uh, free kicks and the like. Um, but so, yeah, that's all I have to say for this match. And I don't want to say anything analysis-wise because I'm going to let Khan and Uzjan take it away. Hi, everyone. I'm back, but not with Sinan. Uh, Sinan will be recording a segment for this week's episode. And I'm joined here by uh, Uzjan Ur uh, from Scotland. You've all uh, met him before. He's been on a previous episode, of course. Uh, Uzjan, thanks for joining me for uh, this short little uh, segment. I know about pleasure. And we're just going to be talking a little bit about uh, the Besiktas against Bashakshir match. I, I wanted to make sure that uh, I let my voice be heard this week because I haven't been on for a couple of uh, episodes. Uh, just uh, conflicting scheduling, unfortunately. Um, but today uh, we're coming off a great win against uh, league leader Bashakshir. Of course, it's, it's still an eight-point gap. So with six matches remaining, even if we win everything... Um, I, I think it's unlikely that they'll drop nine points, but you never know. Um, but in terms of our battle for second place, this could be interesting because, of course, tomorrow um, Galatasaray are playing away at Fenerbahce's John, and they haven't won there in literally uh, 20 years. It's been literally since the previous. Uh, uh, you know, century 1999 were you even born then as john <laughs> I, was one, I was one year old you were born in 98 yeah 98 so i was one year old <laughs> so yeah yeah right i've been pretty poor this season as we all know but 
Mm-hmm. They always find that way to get a result in Derby, so I'm yeah. sure they'll do it as a favour tomorrow. Yeah, we've seen oh. we've seen their resilience in derby matches. Uh, I mean, came back from a two nil in Turk Telecom Arena to draw two two. Came back from a three nil against us in a very painful three uh, three draw for us, of course. That uh, just one of the many matches in which we threw away two precious points that, at this stage of the season, could have probably seen us in the middle of the title race had we not. Uh, dropped so many points in these types of matches, but uh, good performance from the team all all, all in uh, to, uh, in overall the 90 minutes. I think we started off really well. Our, our first opening 10-50 minutes were incredible. I haven't seen us make such a great start against Bashakshi here. Um, I can't remember the last time I saw us make us such a start. We we put so much pressure on them. We really tried to squeeze the life out of them, and we managed to keep it up for about 15 minutes. But then Bashakshir took over, and uh, they bossed us for quite a while until they scored, uh, which was a little bit bizarre situation because Emre went down after a, a contact that seemed like nothing happened really. But he went down acting like he got smashed in the face, and he was even carried off of the pitch uh injured and let let his ha- arm hang off the of, of the of the how do you call those things that people get carried off on stretchers yeah yeah he, it was like he was totally out of it and then you know two minutes later he's back on the pitch like nothing happens and, and you'd expect maybe he gets subbed off at half time but no he played the entire match so just playing some real grade a acting there but then in that moment where he was off the pitch they actually um, capitalized on I don't know confusion in our ranks or something and scored a really brilliant goal um, and you know when you go down one nil against a team like Bashakshir Özcan it's it's always going to be tough um, we've we've scraped by uh, draws in recent years I mean I think last year it was that we got a, a last minute yeah. equalizer right their goal was last minute as well like Kerim scored in like the eighth right. minute and then yeah yeah you're right ahead of, uh, and, and, then, and then and like, then scored in yeah. uh, at a time um, but we struggled a lot against this team and and it's really Chanel yeah. has this is has been Chanel Gunesh's bane uh, to play against Abdullah Afci it's really been his black beast his his biggest issue as a Bishtesh coach this is the one man that he has been unable to properly conquer so to speak um and today, a change to that, uh, and I, I think the most important thing was a tactical change that we already saw last week against Rize. Um, I, I, I liked the three-man back line last week, and I know Sinan said last week we didn't really play with a three-man back line, but you could see it clearly today again, where Mirin, Vida, and Medel were really the three-man at the back, and then Janer and Gukhan were very offensive wing-backs, so basically playing a, a, a three uh, six one or whatever you want to call it or or three four three um but in possession we were very offensive with those wing backs and we had to shift away from that uh when medel got injured of course and kagawa took his place in the second half but uh I, our first half performance I, I was impressed at at times by us in the opening 15 minutes and the last five minutes or so we were good i thought but um for about half an hour, Bashakshi here were also really impressive, and, and you could see why they're so high on the table and just uh, the amounts of passes they ma- managed to string together under pressure and um, just the type of football they're playing. At times, it's really impressive to watch. Um, 
But in the second half, we score really early. A fantastic goal by Burak Yilmaz. Uh, and you, Ozjan, of course, you've been a huge proponent of, of Burak Yilmaz since, um, well, I think since he came back to Trabzon, you've been one of the most vocal people that I've known about, hey, we should get this guy. Um, but of course, our fan base was very anti-Burak at the time and, and very reluctant in getting him, even at the beginning of the season. And you know what? Uh, that's perhaps the fan base damaging the club a little bit because who knows what could have been had we gotten Burak at the beginning of the season, Özcan. Even in like in 2017, it, like the news came out that we'd agreed terms with him, but then obviously the big backlash from quite a big portion of the sport, to be honest, on Twitter especially. Yeah, you know, and that made the the board go against it. Like the way I look at it is obviously it's not as, as simple as this, but the Gredo last season, thirty-one appearances, seven mm-hmm. goals in the league. Burak Kilmaz, ten appearances since joining in January, eight goals. Huge difference. He scored yeah. more goals than anyone. I mean, Burak is a natural born goal scorer, and if we if we look at our history, our recent, let's say the last five years or so, he's he's by far. Um, only second to maybe to Mario Gomez he's only second to him and, and I think that's I mean we've had some good strikers in the last couple of years with Abu Bakar with Dembaba uh, Dembaba in his prime still uh, Abu Bakar of course and, and Jenk was in a great form for, for us as well and Burak is, is head and shoulders above those guys I think but only second to Mario Gomez in my opinion I think uh, I, I know maybe you have a differing opinion but I think Gomez is great, but if Pura keeps scoring at this rate, it'll be hard to say that Gomez is the, like. Obviously, Gomez is a better player. All, all in all, like mm-hmm. I mean, he's won been boots in Bundesliga and stuff like that. Played the Champions League finals, but won the Champions League. If, if you just look at the performances of of Besiktas, if Pura keeps going like this, it'll be hard to say that Gomez is definitely better. But obviously, career-wise, Gomez is the better player. You can't argue yeah, that. At the end of the day, I think it, it gets decided as well what you win eh? and what does do those goals get you. Uh, Mario's goals got us a title, the first one since 2009. Uh, Burak's goals are probably not going to get us anything except for maybe a second place. Um, but maybe next season, but of course he'll be a year older. But I do have to say, and, and you know what, I've made this comparison before and I really... I'm not comparing talent, but in terms of work ethic to keep fit, to keep your body fit, to keep sharp um, and to keep at the top of your game. I think Burak is, is, is very reminiscent of Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, they're both 34 years old. I think Cristiano is, is a little bit older than Burak because I believe he's from 1984 and, uh, and Burak's from 85, um, you know, year of birth. Uh, but if you, you, there's a lot of parallels there in terms of how sharp they still are. At a, I mean, Brock's 34 years old. That's pretty old already. Um, but he doesn't look like he's slowing down yet. I mean, in past years, the only thing really that's kept a damper on him is it has been injuries. But in terms of when he's 100% fit, he's still one of the most lethal strikers. Uh, that uh, well, he's probably right now the best striker in the league, and that includes Mbaye Diagne, who's on 26 goals already. Ozjan, would you agree with that? I, I definitely agree with it. I think he's the best. Like in this era, he's the best. He's not just the, not just the best striker at the moment. He's the best of this era in fucking mm. football. Obviously, yeah. Mario Gomez. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, you could obviously make and stuff like that, but and Vagnol no off season at Alanya as well, but no one's done it for as many years as Burakas. No, yeah. He's a Hakash, of course. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely. I mean, you can't argue that. I think Mario Gomez has been only here for one year. Had he been here for five years, maybe I think yeah, things things could be very different then, and probably would be. Because I mean, like you said, he's a different level of player. I mean, Mario Gomez at his prime is a world class striker. I don't think Burak was ever at that. Uh, I mean, I don't think he was ever world class, but he's definitely a level belief that like he's really good. Um, he's not the best finisher in the world, but he gets in those positions very consistently. And that's been throughout his, his career ever since he's 25, 26 years old, when he really got put into that striker role at Trabzonspor. He's, I think, one of the, the most consistent strikers that gets in those scoring positions. And he might not always score, he might not always be uh, the most lethal finisher. Although at Besiktas now, he's been tremendous in that regard. I mean... There was a couple of chances maybe last week or so where I, d I actually didn't think he played a particularly good game last week against Rizespor, uh, but he gets his goal. And today he worked very hard. He didn't get any chances except for that one chance and he took it and he scored. And that's what you need to do as a striker, of course. And, and the fantastic goal. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, the technique on that. But um, credit to Gokhan Gunnel, who... Was amazing. Yeah, I think actually Lenz gets an assist on that one. I don't, I don't even know if he meant was it. Was it Lige? Uh, I think I it was. It you might can't play be. that. I think it was Lenz kind of played it, put, like kind of back heeled it back. It, it looks like. Let me take a quick look at uh, who got the assist, but uh, I do have to say credit to Gokangunlo regardless because he had an amazing game, uh, and so did Atiba, and so did um, so did Dorkan. Dorkan was tremendous. <laughs> And uh, you're right, it's Jermaine Lenz who got the assist, actually. <laughs> That's good, because actually, you know, in my opinion, in this match, when, when you look at the performances of individuals in this game, I think Lenz had one of the more quiet uh, games. And uh, Evron made the point last week, too, that he really didn't do much useful. Uh, but I think I would like to temper that a little bit. Yes, he's less involved, maybe, but if you look at Lenz played and, and Gukhan shines... When Quaresma plays, Gukhan is always, you know, kind of d diminished yeah, yeah. down to a, to just, you know, giving yeah. him the ball. And that's it. And, and how many times does he overlap but doesn't get the ball? Now he gets it almost every time. And he makes so many, he gets to the touchline so frequently now. Um, and he's really dangerous in those positions. Now he didn't get an assist. I thought he did, but he didn't. But um, uh, yeah. And Laich today, I think Bershakshir did really well at neutralizing him for the most part. Uh, but it's just those corners of his were... I think every single one of his corners from the right-hand side, and it were at least five or six, um, were absolutely lethal. I think Mert had to make two really good saves, including one on our goal. Um, and then there were a couple of headers that just went wide and a couple of uh, very important blocks by their defense. And yeah, our, our, those outswinging corners from Leic, they already got us a goal last week. Uh, the opener from Vida against Riza. And, and again here, super dangerous, really putting Bashakshir under pressure every single time. Um, and you know what? You can get a lucky corner once in a while that, that troubles a, a well-organized side like Bashakshir. And of course, they didn't have Alexandre Ipriano. That's that's important for them. But still, they're yeah, so, yeah, he is so important. Sure? I mean, um, 
Yeah, he's really important for them, both on offensive and defensive set pieces. Of course, we knew we know that because we we conceded uh, their their our game against them earlier in the season. We lost it one nil. That was an Ipriano goal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, think, I think it was Ipriano, or maybe that was yeah. last season. But yeah, I think it was ahead. It was corner, but I think it, the ball actually came down. I'm not I'm not sure I remember. I'm pretty sure it was Epriano. But it doesn't it doesn't really matter though. I mean the point is still that even when he wasn't there, Bashakshi are probably the most organized team defensively in the league. I mean there's little to argue that they had only conceded what, fourteen goals before they played us? Uh, in, in, in 28 games, so 27 games, I guess. Um, so incre incredibly f solid defensively and to basically put them in so much jeopardy on every single corner, I think that's very commendable. And that goes to show that there's time being spent on that, but also that those balls from Leic are real quality. That's another thing that everyone said last week, like, oh, we'll miss Quaresma because, you know, maybe he won't have the best, he doesn't ha always have the best games against Bashakshir, but he has his corners and stuff like that. And you can see Leic, I don't know if everyone said that live, but I remember him saying it either in the group or live. And uh, and yeah, Leic's corners have been great too. So, um, Hopefully he keeps that up. What, It'll what be interesting who takes the corners when Quaresma comes back from injury. Yeah, but Quaresma's still out for at least a week or two, I think. And I, I read something today that you, uh, they'll try to get him back for the Ankara game. Hmm. What do you think about Lige? Has he claimed the spot as one of the leading figures in the squad at this point? I think he's been running away with it since the second half of the season began. Mm -hmm. He, only, he showed glimpses in the first half of the season, especially in the game against Ankara Gujan. He's been pretty consistent. Yeah, that was his coming out party, really. But what do you think about his... He kind of had a slower start with us. I, I, but do you, do you think that's down to the fact that, again, Shinol Gunish has this annoying tendency of really easing new players into the team? And we needed a number 10 so desperately at the beginning of the season, and then we got him on was it deadline day or near deadline day and and okay. then yeah but then it took so long for him to really get a get a starting position in the team and you know then he was on the bench then he started on the second half yeah. i think yeah I, I think that's a that's that's really a, been a problem and and you know we say maybe if we had Burak since the beginning of the season but perhaps if we had Leic playing since the beginning of the season that could have changed things too I still think Burak's a big factor. I mean, yeah, he said it himself last week. Mm -hmm. He said if he said if Burak was here since the start of the season, they, they could have been in a very different place just just mm -hmm. now. That yeah, he said it himself. Obviously, yeah, for, sure. for a number ten, it's very important to like who they have playing in front of them. That's how I feel. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, of course, one hundred percent agree. But I know Yeltsin, Yeltsin tries his best and stuff like that, and he's had a few good performances, but he's not Burak Yilmaz. No, of course. I mean, he's 20 years old, and look where Burak Yilmaz was when he was 20 years old. He wasn't the player he was when he was 27, 28. It's a, it's a huge, you know. We have, well, the jury's still out on Guven, you know, hat trick or not. Last week, we'll have to wait and see. But again, today gets in a good scoring position. Unfortunately, heads it wide, but he he's getting in the positions, 
And that's the same thing I just said earlier about Burak. That's the most important thing. He consistently gets in positions. And, and Guven does seem to have a little bit of a knack for that as well. So who knows? And in three, four, five years' time, maybe Guven uh, can can be defining himself as the man of his era. But uh, jury's still out on that. I'm, I'm not convinced yet. That could have been very costly for us. They had a very dangerous position not that long after that. Right at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. It kind of bounced off. Is it, I, I think it took two deflections, I'm sure. And Do you mean of, right at the end? The position right yeah, at the end? I'm sure. I think it kind of bounced off Vida and then Mira and then. Yes, yeah. And no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vida and then uh, threw Karius's legs, but it deflected it out. And uh, oh. that's also something that probably should be, definitely should be mentioned. Karius had a fantastic game. Um, he made some amazing saves, especially in the first half, because he didn't really have much to do in the second half. And got a little bit lucky there at the end, but perhaps that's kind of what he had worked so hard for and kind of deserved to get a little bit lucky there. He took a double deflection. It was always going to be a hard ball for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a strange as well. Plus, how, how unjust would it have been if we had conceded there? Because that was well into the fifth minute of additional time already. And there was only four minutes added on. And, and at 94, like when, when like literally the clock was 94 minutes and zero, zero, you know, zero seconds, we had the ball in midfield. And it was kind of like being, you know, like a pinball machine going around in midfield. But at that point, ref should just finish the game. I mean, there's nothing that happened in, in that extra time. Yes, there was a sub. Burak came off for, for Laren in, in a 93rd or 90 so. But um, but still, I mean, there, there wasn't any time wasting there. He went off quickly. Um, there's no need to add an additional minute there. And I, I, I can't help but feel if the roles were reversed that we wouldn't have gotten that extra minute. Um, and you know what? I mean, I was a little disappointed with Junai Chakar here. Not that he made any massive decisions that, that had an impact on the match, but they could very well could have. We had a position early on in the match where Burak was brought down and the replay showed it was clearly a foul on him because I think it was Atama who left his foot hanging and brought him down at the edge of the box. And that could have been a really dangerous free kick because it was in a similar position as where Leitch scored from last week against Rizespor. And there were just throughout the match these little 50-50 things um, and as soon as Bashakshir went to goal up, but even before that, but every time there was some contact, bam, they went down and they acted like they got hit by a shotgun or something. Like I said earlier, that Emre basically faking being gravely injured, getting stretchered off, and then they score out of that confusion, because I really think that played a role in that goal. Um, because it was right after that when we had the ball, we, had, we just gave it back to them, you know, uh, out of gentlemanlik. And they score out of that. And uh, then he comes back on the field and nothing, as if nothing happened. And he was playing a great game otherwise. And well, a great game. I mean, he played his match, you know, making lots of tenacious falls, playing hard. Um, like nothing happened. So why why on earth did you get stretched off, man? I, I really, I, I didn't get it at the time either because they were in a good flow and they were playing well. And then he basically... I thought, took the tempo out of the match by doing that. But then they score. So yeah. I'd almost think it was deliberate and it was like something they practiced or something. Like a, I don't know, like a distraction or something. Apart from Emre going down, I think it was 
like three of our defenders were thrown off by Elias Run across. Mm-hmm. That kind of that kind of left Rubinho himself. Like, kind of, I don't think three players should be drawn to one one run like that. That was, it was a wee bit of a defensive error, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah, but it was a great run by Robinho. But we've. Yeah, it's it was too easy again. I think we've seen that throughout the season that we're conceding a little bit too easy, and and they we have to do we have to give credit where credit is due. Right before their goal, they had like two or three big chances where Carriers came up big, um, and at the end of the day, uh, I don't know if it changed much because perhaps had they scored earlier. I mean, I I think it's always the type of thing with a team like Bashakshir. They're gonna take the foot off the gas pedal a little bit once they get that first goal. Because uh, they're so confident in their organization. And yeah, we probably got lucky that we scored that equalizer on the corner in the 42nd minute. And, and that changed the game in our favor. Uh, because so many times we, we just didn't have that type of luck. Um, but a great goal. A great outswinging corner again by Leitch. I think it was um, Gokhan who heads it. Mert makes a good save. And then Atiba really... Uh, jumping on the the chance and scoring his fourth goal in the season. That's that's the most he's ever scored in a single season for us. It's actually in his fourth birthday today as well. And uh, he's got his fourth goal of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, he's 36 years old, going on 37 now. Uh, do you think he deserves another year with us? Well, the second half performance, uh, like second half of the season performance, uh, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you he... will. They are. Is that sub and stuff like that? But then he always seems to break it, like get his way back into the top of yeah. We do really need that replacement. It's not going to last forever, you know what I mean? He's not going to play every game at top level, no, especially I mean, in Europe. Yeah, for sure. But I think he's still got the season in him, perhaps. And you know, that's another one of those big differences with the first half of the season. We didn't have Atiba. Uh, we did, but we didn't, you know. He wasn't registered for Europe. It took a while before he got back into the team in the league, even. Um, and Dorkhan has been a second half of the season discovery. I mean, okay, kind of towards the end of the first half of the season. But he's really a new face and new energy in that team. Atiba coming back is a change. Mirren now coming in, that's a change, a significant one too. Burak, like you mentioned, Laich firing on all cylinders. That's four or five guys that have really made a difference. And it's a shame that we didn't have those factors in the first half of the season because I don't think, I think it's important for people to realize that how poorly we performed in that second half of that first half of the season. 26 points. Look, if we had only gotten six points more, then you only have 32 points, which is still mediocre for a title contender in, in, in 17 games but imagine if we got those six points then we would be only two points out right now and we, we'd be probably favorites after this match you know because uh-huh. we uh, but yeah anyway that's that's lots of ifs and buts um, unfortunately it's probably not gonna happen for us this season hopefully we can keep this team together a little bit uh, freshen up get some new players in but things are going to be difficult of course financially uh we'll have to wait and see how things go um but there's definitely some some brightness at the and some light at the end of the tunnel hopefully for us and maybe a champions league uh, qualifier ticket but much will depend on tomorrow i think galatasaray if they don't win that would be a more blow to them i think because now they have a golden opportunity if they win tomorrow they're within three points of Bashakshir and they still have a match in hand against Bashakshir here. 
uh, at Etrug Telecom Arena. So we basically offered one of our biggest rivals the title on the silver platter today. Would you agree with that? I don't. I wouldn't like to look at that. I think I'd watch it win tomorrow, and I mean, we need to look at ourselves. We won in second at least, so mm-hmm. I think I'd watch it. We at least get a point tomorrow, and we'll have a good chance of second, hopefully. Obviously, we go away as well. And and Ilka brought up an interesting point as well, where he thinks we're kind of in an advantageous position because for a while now we've been focusing on that second place. Um, And uh, of course, I'm talking about Ilka Tunala, who's someone who also helps us out with uh, with uh, with uh, with on Twitter and and stuff like that. Uh, So shout out to you, Ilka. If you're listening um, but he pointed made that interesting point that because we've been focusing on that second place for a while now if Galtzerai messes up tomorrow we'll probably have the moral high ground well not the moral high ground but uh, m- m- the mental superiority in, in the sense that for them it will be a devastating blow to lose that great opportunity to you know close the gap on Bashakshir and, and not many opportunities will likely present themselves again in the last six games of the season for them. Whereas for us, that's a, probably an additional uh, mental boost. So um, I think if Galtzray doesn't win tomorrow, it could be very uh, detrimental for their morale going forward. Yeah, definitely. I think they've got their set on the title. So it'll be a massive mental blow for them to drop points after all is out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we shouldn't forget Trabzonspor. Continue to win two day one away on Friday one nil against Bursaspor, and they continue to breed down our neck. Still only four points behind, and let's not forget we still have to go to Trabzon. So we're doing really well right now. We've won a bunch of games in a row now. I think this is probably our longest winning streak. How many yeah, games? Four games in a row, and it's yeah, our longest. Yeah, that's season. the longest winning streak this season yeah. because I think the previous one was three games. <laughs> we hadn't had been won three games in a row until the until yesterday, stretch, and then obviously we had the back-to-back draws. Fenerbahce and Kayseri Sport, and now we've won four games in a row since then. I mean, we've not lost in the whole second half of the season. Yeah, true. Well, then yeah. We were the only one together with Bashakshir and I think Galtzray too. So four teams, uh, three teams, sorry, that were still unbeaten. Uh, Rizespor were another, but they got beaten by Fenerbahce and then us, of course, last week. Um, and then Trabzon have, of course, lost to Bashakshir already. So they lost their first game of the second half of the season. Um, but still, though, we're looking forward to second place. Hopefully, we can lay claim to that. But at the same time, we can't forget about... You know, the Hamsiler breathing down our necks because they're still very much in contention. And the, the top four is pretty much decided. It's really pretty much now about dividing those those places. Um, you know, Trabzon firmly in fourth place right now. We're pretty firm in third. And then Galtra is pretty firm in, uh, in, 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 in second if they win tomorrow. There's still five points in front of us. But if they draw, it's only three points. If they lose, it's only two points. So... Galatasaray still play Bashakshir, they still play us. Uh, both of those matches are at home. That's definitely advantageous for them. But like I said, if tomorrow they can't win, that'll be a mental blow for them. So it's going to be interesting these last six uh, matches for sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think we'll beat Trabzon away. 
I mean, in recent years, it's been quite easy for us anyway. Well, apart from that 4-3 game. Yeah. I think since Beatrice's time, we've won our way there every year. I think the thing with with Trabzon is mainly they're they're a good team. They have a lot of they have a good mix of young, energetic talent, and they've got a couple of good, decent players like Hugo Radayega. Uh, Antonin Wakaeme is really good. Uh, of course, we know him from uh, from from Bercheva. He played and scored against us for them, uh, and scored against us too at uh, Vodafone Park for for Trabzon. Of course, a stunning goal. If I remember correctly, um, and and then of course uh, you know Jose Sosa, but I think we saw that against Bashakshir that when when they play in big games, um, they still they, they can't really cope with it. Um, maybe it'll be different now because they're not in contention for the title anymore. But you really saw against Bashakshir that, that the nerves kind of got to them. So hopefully that'll happen again when they play us. But I think the circumstances will be a little bit difficult. Different. But anyway, Özjan, uh, I want to thank you very much for, for joining me for this uh, brief little segment, giving your thoughts on the match, on the remainder of the season, and what's going to happen. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Cheers, man. It was a pleasure. Yeah. And thank you uh, all for listening, of course. Okay, that is it. Thanks again to Özjan uh, for spelling me, uh, having a bit of a chat with Khan post-match. Of course, thanks to Khan, but I don't need to say that he is, in fact, still the co-host, and I'm sure we'll get an episode together one of these days. Um, Shouts to Evran for being studious and unavailable. Uh, that's the right kind of excuse in my books. You know, always here for personal advancement at the Black Eagles podcast. Uh, before I close out, I will quickly do a final recap of the tables as this will be released post the big Sunday derby between Galatasaray and Fener, which ended one to one in dramatic fashion. Fener went down a man. Um, Skirtel took a nasty blow to the head. Probably should have been taken out of the game and maybe even the match stopped for it, but that was not the case and certainly not in the rule book. Um, and so you can't really complain about what happened next. Galatasaray scores being essentially with a two two-man advantage at that point, but very quickly thereafter, Glad uh, Fener equalized by uh, Eldif Elmas, the young man, his second second goal uh, with, with Fener all, all, ever, so not particularly good season for him, but a big goal and a big moment for them. They get the draw, Galatasaray ends with only one point, so Besiktas picks up two on them. And so let me tell you about the standings. As you know, Besiktas here is still on top, but Besiktas cut into that lead they had and is now only, <laughs> we could say only, uh, eight points back. Galatasaray is also only five points back, although better than six, I guess we could say. Uh, so yeah, Galatasaray, uh, Still within reach, and I guess technically they picked up a point on Bashakshi here since <laughs> Besiktas managed to get, get the full three. You can thank us for that, Galatasaray. today. Uh, but yeah, there's still five points back. Besiktas is now only three points back on Galatasaray, today, so they better watch out. Uh, but so yeah, is is the season fully? You know, is Besiktas back in title contention? 
No, I don't think we can say that. Uh, certainly, eight points in six matches is is asking for a lot. Which actually here does still have to play some tough opposition, uh, but uh, you can't really expect to turn the tides that much. What can be said is that Galatasaray is now very much in reach, and uh, Besiktas, you know, because there are still a couple matches between when Besiktas faces Galatasaray, they could implode enough, and I think only getting a point against 10 men Fener is, is a signal of that implosion. Uh, they couldn't put enough that 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 division that split between Besiktas and Galatasaray points wise could be very minimal by the time we face each other. If they're even if Besiktas is even behind, that we, we could be level on points with Galatasaray by then. It's not an unreasonable expectation. I kind of already spoke about who they're playing uh, in the coming matches and, and who Besiktas will be playing, so I don't want to repeat anything. But so yeah, stay tuned to the season. Stay tuned to Besiktas. Stay tuned to us here at the Black Eagles podcast, as always. And sure enough, we will be back. Besiktas has some key matches ahead with just six matches left to play. Next week, Besiktas will be playing Sivaspor. It's a Monday match, 1 p.m. here in New York City, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, for those of you in, in Istanbul, I believe that means that's a 7 p.m. match for you guys. Uh, 6 p.m. for Khan in Central Europe. Uh, again, check your local listings because I, with daylight savings time being optional and being sort of conditionally applied regionally, uh, I can't really speak to what time anything is anywhere. I can say, though, that here in New York, it will be a 1 p.m. So you can do the math and figure that out for yourselves. Sivas 4 is, uh, you know, competition. <laughs> we got to win no matter who we're playing against. But so, yeah, uh, do stay tuned for that. As always, follow us on Twitter at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow the mothership, the mother load at Beshitash underscore I-N-T uh, for all the latest news on Beshitash 24-7. Of course, follow Khan on Twitter at Razarian, R-A-Z-Z-E-R-I-A-N. Follow me as well. Why not, right? At Sir underscore writes underscore a lot. Follow our other host for the week, Mr. Ozjan Oer uh, at Ozjan Bay 98, O-Z-C-A-N-B-E-Y 98. And yeah, let everyone know about the sensation that is the Black Eagle Podcast. See you guys next week. Of course. Go Besiktas!
Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.